This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Equity Mind! I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, or should I say, hear ye valiant souls and financial crusaders. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, where we march onward into the realm of investing guided by the divine spark. As always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren, and I am... (laughs) Oh, wow. This one, if you get this... Then we call it a day and we find a new intro. This is scraping the barrel. I think producer Sasha are going to need, uh, need so, some more ideas. Well, I mean, you've basically just gone medieval crusading night. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't know, Richard III. It's Joan of Arc. Oh, uh, okay. That's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Could have got there. Yeah. Um, Nice one. Well, I've been bested. I think uh, that's the first time. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Equity Mates community, hopefully you have done better than me. Uh, but we're here for another episode of Equity Mates. As always, Bryce gets ChatGPT to translate his introduction. The part we can't translate is the disclaimer. So let's be very clear that everything you're about to hear is for education and entertainment purposes only. Any advice is general. Seek professional advice if you feel like you need it. We're not aware of your personal financial circumstances. No. I think I've covered all the bases you there. You have ran. Uh, all right, let's get into it because we have a big show. Uh, we're going to talk about four bottom drawer stocks, those stocks that you buy and you put away that are down 20% or more. We're going to answer a listener question from Rob all about dividend stocks and interest rates. Uh, but first of all, Bryce, uh, there's a lot happening in the news. We've got RBA uh, raising rates. Uh, you had some homework on leveraged ETFs yep. from the last episode. Uh, but before all of that, I asked for the first five minutes of the show. Five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> too Dude, long, too, long, too, too long, too long. All right, well, um, <laughs> I've got some news for you that is new news for you. 
You bought a house. I bought a house. <laughs> That's epic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And nice. I figured I wouldn't tell you until we were here. Everything's content. Huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yesterday you left off that you were, you'd uh, employed a buyer's agent and you had had two properties that ticked a lot of boxes. You'd seen them a couple of times. Your partner's seen them, Alice, got the parents through. And so what happened? That's where I left off. Yeah, you were, yeah, you were yeah. tossing and turning. So I feel like five minutes is okay for this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, I bought in Maroubra. And if people are interested in uh, buying, you know, in the beach, or around the beaches or that, that area, I've got a very good buyer's agent that I can make a warm nice. introduction to. So hit us up. Uh, happy to make the introduction. But so as part of his service, he uh, picked us up on Saturday morning, yeah. last Saturday and drove us around to like 10 houses half of them not on market yeah which was a very nice experience yeah. uh, very different to the normal scrum of open houses that competitive tension that real estate agents love on a saturday morning yeah um and yeah you're right there were a couple that we liked um we weren't sure if they were going to be in our price range anyway uh we put an offer in got rejected bit of back and forth and then at about six o'clock last night um we agreed on a price and sent the deposit. Huge. Yeah. So was it the off-market one? It was. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So the buyer's agent in in this situation was worth worth it because the the second one you're looking at was like publicly listed, right? Yeah. 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 But buyer's agent was definitely worth it from the access to a property that wasn't listed. Yeah. Also from a price discipline point of view and yeah. negotiating point of view, what it was originally listed at and what we got, he more than made his money. Oh, really? That makes sense, yeah. Oh, yeah. so he got it below what they wanted? Yeah. Oh, wow. Respect. Yeah. Hopefully they're not listening to this and they <laughs> <laughs> rescind it. Well, I guess no. Now it's all sorted. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Epic. And so deposit sent. Yep. Block, contract signed. Contract move, signed. Settlement period. Yeah, so 29th of Jan. Oh, right. Okay, kind of, wow. Kind of annoying. Wow. Most of November. December, yeah. All yeah, of yeah. December, most of Jan. Wow. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. We're not property mates here but um <laughs> <laughs> well they say you know they wonder how much we do together we went to america together earlier this year we went to europe at the same time yes. we did this podcast together <laughs> oh, and now we bought houses at the same time nice yeah, that's what's exciting next? congrats and it happened just a few days after the RBA decided to raise rates again. Another quarter of a percentage point increase by the Reserve Bank takes the cash rate to 4.35%. That's the highest since November 2011. Yes, and speaking of, I got an email last night from some media company, I can't remember who, who it was, to say that three of the four major banks have passed on the interest rate in full. Which, which three? Uh, CBA hadn't passed it okay. on in full but okay. they always are a day or two late i think it's just a marketing thing from them smart yeah yeah, yeah. hang back let yeah. people think they're not going to do it yeah then, then they do it okay well so. as someone who has pre-approval from anz and i think you you also yeah, are yeah. going with anz yeah we've then i guess we've yeah we'll hit. get the full rate yeah. yeah it kicks in on the 11th of november i think they said damn it <laughs> damn it yes <laughs> but yeah very exciting very exciting well anyway done. Well that's done. that's enough property chat yep uh, you had some homework. So last week we spoke about leveraged ETFs and we looked at an ASX 200 ETF that wasn't leveraged yep. and then an ASX 200 ETF that was uh, two to three times leveraged. Yeah. So it was, um, you know, if a, the index goes up 1% in theory, the ETF goes up 3%. Yeah. 
And you looked at the last five years of performance of those two indexes. Yeah. Just the normal ASX 200 was up 15% in the past five years. Yeah. And the leveraged ASX 200 ETF was flat. It was pretty flat, yeah. Which was surprising. It was. And so then you uh, had a look at the US equivalent Mm -hmm. uh, and you were going to go away and look at a currency hedged version? Yeah, so the, the, the leveraged ETF that I have in my portfolio, GJUS, uh, which is a beta shares leveraged S&P 500, essentially, it is hedged. Yeah. And so the comparison I did last week was with a non-hedged um, S&P 500. And so the, the difference took into account the currency that we've, you know, the Aussie dollar has become pretty weak over the last 12, 18 months, if not a little bit more. So the discrepancy was quite large. So the homework was to go back and look at a hedged S&P 500 non-leveraged to see what the difference was. So the hedged is uh, IHVV, which is the iShares S&P 500 AUD hedged. Mm -hmm. Then I compared that with GJUS and then I compared it with the non-hedged just to see, okay, now we've got the full suite of things. So over the last five years, S&P 500, IHVV is up 16%. So that's the S&P 500, 16% hedged. The GJUS, which is hedged but leveraged, is up 49%. So you've come out on top if you've taken the leveraged. However, if you just went the SPY, which is the non-leveraged S&P 500, it's up 74%. Yes. So end of the day... You, were, you would have got a better return with the unhedged S&P 500, non-leveraged. Yeah. Uh, well, so, yeah, two, two things. Like, first of all, GJUS has done about three times IHVV. So Yes, yeah. So, it's, so it's done it's, what it's meant to have done. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So in that instance, it's, it's done what it's meant to have done. The key call out here then is the impact of the hedging. Because SPY is up 74%. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so it's yeah. not the leverage in this instance. Yeah, but I, I guess the, the challenge is the that's not always going to happen. Like, you know, the US dollar isn't always going to get stronger against the Aussie dollar. It'll go back to like a normal range that it sort of always trades in. If the thing is, if I had the choice, I actually wouldn't take it. I don't take hedged. I don't I do not do hedged, but it was just the only, mm. only leveraged option. So, so here's a question around currency hedging. The my understanding of currency hedging was that it's meant to take the currency impact out of the performance. And so if you hedge currency, you should get performance that more closely correlates to the underlying asset, what you've actually invested in. So if you've invested in the S&P 500, when you hedge out the currency, what you should actually just get is more S&P 500 like performance rather than the AUD USD fluctuations. Is that that that's your understanding? Yeah. So why is it that the S&P 500 has returned almost 60% in the past five years, but IHVV has done 16%? Yeah, good shout, Ren. I think um, I'll take that as homework for next week. <laughs> it's okay. I'm in school. I'm liking this power that I have just assigning you homework. <laughs> Maybe I'll touch base with iShares. You can start calling me Mr. Ren. <laughs> <laughs> I'll touch base with iShares and see what... See if they can uh, help us understand it. So, or if anyone out there is listening and uh, wants to send us a message uh, and, and uh, help, us, help us figure it out, let us know. But we'll, we'll, I'll bring that for next week. All right, we're going to take a very quick break. And then on the other side, we're going to take a call from Rob. 
Hey, Equity Mates, Bryce here. Have you caught up on our new series, Ask an Advisor? It's when we put questions to some of Australia's best professional financial advisors from you, the Equity Mates community. Hey, Bryce, friend, I've got a question. How do you recommend managing a share portfolio with employees' share entitlements? What happens to that money? That's probably one of my biggest concerns. When is it okay to let emotion drive your investing decisions? Ask an advisor. Live in the Equity Mates feed now. All right, we're back. We've got a question that's come in from Rob, so let's take a listen. You have one new message. Hey, it's Rob. I'm from Canberra. Love the pod. I've had a dividend stock for a while now, and I've noticed in the last 12 months the value of the stock has started to decrease. And from what I can see from the company, hasn't changed a whole lot. So I wondered if the interest rates might be impacting the value at the stock at all. The sort of multiple that it was paying was about 8%. It's now paying a dividend multiple of about 11%. So that's great news, but not for me having bought at a higher price. So it'd be great to hear your perspective on whether interest rates have an impact on the value of dividend stocks. All right. Well, thanks, Rob, for that question. So I think this is a... It's a good and timely question because dividend investing is certainly getting a lot of focus at the moment. Yeah, uh, Income is back with fixed income, you know, uh, bonds and the like. Uh, but also because growth stocks have sold off so much 2022 and it's been a soft year for a lot of growth stocks in 2023, I think a lot of people are looking at slower growing, higher dividend paying stocks as maybe like a smaller flight to safety. Mm down the risk curve a little bit. Mm. So there's a couple of elements to this question. First of all, a stock that was paying 8% dividends, first of all, that's great. It is good, yeah. Uh, is now paying 11%. Is that good? And then second of all, how do changes in interest rates affect dividend stocks? Yeah. So let's start with, uh, I guess, the case study here. Yeah. Was paying 8%, now it's paying 11%. Good news? Yeah, I mean, it is overall good news. However, there is a massive watch out here and a lot of people early on in their investing journey fall foul of this. They look at the 11.2% and go, wow, that's awesome. But a dividend yield is always trailing 12 months. You'll see it. It says TTM. Well, you, uh, you often won't see it. Like, I don't think if you look it on, on Google, it says TTM. Oh, I've seen it a couple of times. But anyway, so so what that essentially means is that the dividend is calculated based on the past 12 months well, the 12 months that's been paid over the, the dividend that's been paid over the last 12 months and the current share price. So that's why it's, uh, it's a, a massive watch out because it's not looking forward at what the dividends might be coming. So whilst it's saying it's paying 11% now, you need to do a bit of work or don't take that as it's going to be 11% when they next pay their dividend. Yeah. So that's a big watch out. It's called a dividend trap, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. So uh, you you might see that where people, you know, they'll do like a stock screen on dividend yield and they'll be like, oh my God, this Mm. this company's paying 20% dividends. That's epic. Mm. Just five years and I'll double my money. Yeah. And what it actually means is the share price has fallen because the market knows, investors know that the company's in a bad way or it's going to cut its dividend. But the way that a dividend yield is calculated is backwards looking, yeah. not forward looking. So Rob said in his question that he felt that the company that he'd invested in was still performing well. And so was wondering why this dividend yield is what it is. And 
gets to the second part of the question, is it because of interest rates? Yeah, so I think there's a couple of elements to this question. First of all, does the do interest rates affect dividend stocks? The answer is yes, because interest rates affect everything in financial markets because they are the risk-free rate upon which every other asset can be valued. And you know what, what that means is as an investor, you have a choice. You can get whatever the interest rate is, which is you know secure, often government guaranteed, and you know it's your money's not gonna. There's no risk. You know if you put your money in a high interest savings account that's got a government guarantee, you're not gonna lose your money. And so that's the risk-free rate. And as an investor, if you're gonna take on more risk, you want a higher return. And so as the risk-free rate goes up, interest rates go up, then the value of all these other asset classes and investment options come down because the difference between what you're getting as the risk-free rate and what you're getting in the investment, the gap is shrinking, but the risk isn't shrinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in that sense, all cash flows, all assets are affected by rising interest rates. Yep. But that's the theory, but it's only part of the story because dividend stocks are also often good performers in rising interest rate environments. Okay. And there's a couple of reasons for that. First of all, um, dividend stocks are generally, well, are high cash generating businesses. They benefit from rising rates because if you've got a lot of cash, you can get a better return on that cash. Mm -hmm. It's very rare that they pay everything out in dividends. They're also putting that money to work and making money from it. Often they also have pricing power. You know, if you think about the, the really high dividend mm. paying stocks in Australia outside of the miners, because yeah. the miners don't have pricing power, mm. but, you know, the Coles and Woolies of the world, banks. the duopoly telcos, the, yeah, the, the banks that dominate the market, they have pricing power mm. um, and they pay big dividends mm. and they can raise prices so they can maintain their dividends. Mm. But GlobalX did a study, uh, which we'll link in the show notes, yep. uh, of high dividend stocks and how they perform in rising rate environments throughout history. Yep. Uh, that, now, this is US data. Between 1960 and today, they identified 10 periods of rising interest rates. And in seven of the 10 periods of rising interest rates since 1960, high dividend stocks as a cohort outperformed the overall market, the S&P 500. So I think um, to, to close that out, to put a bow on it, interest rates affect everything, including dividend paying stocks. But what history shows us is that dividend stocks often have done well in rising interest rate environments. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the interest rates have not led to a higher yield on Rob's stock. The yield is directly related to to the share, the price. share price. Share yeah. price falling. So we should just point that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If, if I was Rob and I was looking at this company and, and he didn't mention what company in the question, uh, there's really two scenarios. Either the share price has fallen and it's likely that the dividend will get cut. Yep. The company's probably said something to that effect or has given some guidance around what their expected dividend payout ratio will be next year. Mm -hmm. And then you can look at what they're forecasting for profit. So maybe the market's aware that the dividend's going to get cut and they're selling as a result, um, then you know, you've got to think about what the dividend will be and if that's something, if that fits your thesis. Or the share price has fallen for a completely different reason 
but the fundamentals of the business are still strong and they expect to still pay a similar dividend, then it's like, okay, well, this is a compelling dividend return and you may be onto a winner. Yeah. yeah so like yeah. that's that's the piece of analysis at this point. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like forget all the economic theory, forget what interest rates are, forget the risk-free return. Your question as an investor is really, am I going to get an 11% dividend this year? And if I believe that I am, then I've found a pretty, pretty great good. investment. Yeah, yeah. Or if I do the work and I realize that, oh, that 11% is backwards looking and a bit of an illusion, mm. then you've got a decision to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, thanks, Rob. Keep the questions coming. You can shoot us a question at ask at equitymates.com and we'll make sure we get it in the show for next week. All right, well, we are going to take a very quick break. And then on the other side, we're going to look at four bottom draw stocks that are down 20%. We'll be right back. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Equity Mates. We've uh, we've spoken about Ren buying a house. Congrats! I should also say, Ren, there's another big momentous part in your life, and that is the shaving of the eyebrows. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we said on the show last week, if we raise fifty thousand dollars as part of our Movember fundraising, then you would shave your eyebrows. We have had people donating, which is awesome to see. Thank you to everyone who is donating and leaving comments as part of their donation around the eyebrows. Yes. We do have a long way to go to get to that. 50,000. I was showing uh, Alice the comments. <laughs> Your partner. Yeah, my yeah. partner. Uh, showing the comments because uh, when you donate uh, on the Movember link, which is in our Instagram stories every yeah. day if you want it, uh, you can put a comment. Some of the comments, bye-bye brows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> coward you should have shaved your eyebrows Ren shave Ren's eyebrows the eyebrows yeah. must go yeah, uh, yeah. someone asked the question uh, I would be interested to see the return on invested capital for shaved eyebrows how many times could you regrow and shave for 50k <laughs> yeah. which is an interesting point but to be clear we're not pocketing the 50k no, it's going no, no, to no. November yes, yes, um, yes. but if Movember wants to do a partnership with me where you know like once a year, I shave my eyebrows for the cause. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, we're a long <laughs> way. Yes. We're a long way off. We are a long way. But thank you for everyone that has um, donated. Please keep the donations coming. We'll put a link in the show notes. But as Ren said, you can also see how we are gro- going, how the upper lip is growing over on our Instagram. <laughs> anyway, Ren, four bottom draw stocks down twenty percent. Let's go. Yeah. So bottom draw stocks for people who aren't familiar with the term, you might you might have come across the term coffee can investing as well. But really, it's just like finding incredible businesses with good management teams that you're confident that you can just put away in a bottom drawer and not look at for decades to come. That's easy. That's yeah, the yeah. that's. I mean, that's, draw, in, lock it away. that's investing, that's investing in a nutshell. But yes. um, for, for a generation of Australians, BHP was the quintessential bottom drawer stock. Like so many people's families just put it away and 
dusted it off 30 years later and were pretty happy with what they found. And so there's so much noise in markets and so much, uh, you know, opportunity day to day, week to week. But really what we're trying to do as investors is just buy those incredible bottom draw stocks. And they're often not names that you're unfamiliar with. So there's four that we are buying. Well, between us, one of us at least are buying and we're just putting them away in our long-term portfolio yeah. because they're all down at least 20% recently. Yeah. So first one is CSL. Yes. A lot of people would have heard of it. It's an Australian biotech company. Their biggest product is in plasma. Yeah. And they've been an absolute, you know, market darling for, for many, many years now. So since about June, Ren, they're down, yeah, about 20%. Uh, so it's in, the, it's, in the, it's in the bottom drawer. Yeah. Now, the reason that it's fallen is because CSL have a diabetes and kidney disease segment. Yep. They also bought a Swiss business late last year, early this year, that focused on kidney disease as well. And the absolute wrecker for a lot of healthcare stocks this year yeah. has been Novo Nordisk, the Danish pharmaceutical company, yeah. and their miracle weight loss drug, Ozempic. Yes. And Ozempic is in a clinical trial at the moment. Well, it was at least last month around um, kidney disease. And uh, they, the findings from the trial found that Ozempic use had uh, showed early signs of success. So not not. Uh, definitive, but early signs of success in delaying the progression of kidney disease in diabetes patients. Just chalk it up to another thing that a Zempic seems yeah. to be doing. Um, and so investors are worried, especially uh, overseas investors, and CSL has sold off uh, over 20%. Yeah. I remember they, there was this during COVID, I think some, an investor said anytime it's below 300 is a buy. Now, don't take that as a buy, hold, sell recommendation, but it's certainly well down from that at the moment. Next one, Ren, is bottom draw mineral resources. Mineral resources. I reckon <laughs> less people are familiar with this Do you company. Reckon? Yeah, outside of I feel the... like it's so common for some reason. Well, Mate, I mean... Within our... Compared, compared to CSL, which is one of the top three companies in Australia. True. Um, but mineral resources is a... It's a mining services, services company. Yeah. And a lot of mining services companies are quite cyclical because mining companies, when... Uh, uh, no, I was about to say share prices are high. When uh, commodity prices are high, mining companies are building more mines. A lot of marginal projects can be justified. The economics make sense. And so they go online. Mining services companies uh, get employed to do a lot of the work that they need to do or supply the equipment they need to supply. Um, mineral Resources is a mining services company, but it's far less cyclical than a lot of these other companies. They process... Or they like mm. crush it and do a bunch of stuff with it. Uh, <laughs> technical terms. Yeah. And they get paid on volume. Yeah. And whilst the commodity price changes and mining companies make more or less profit at different times, the volume, volume. that they're producing is pretty consistent. Yeah. And Mineral Resources has been an absolute market darling for like the last 20 years or something. 2006 is when it IPO'd. Yeah. So it's up more than 5,000% in that time. But it has come off a lot recently, yeah. almost 30% this year. 
Yeah, it's tied to the fortunes of the lithium price, it seems, mm. at the moment. They are, they're deeply involved in, in the lithium mines here in Australia. And like most companies that are active in the space, the lithium price has taken a bit of, has taken a bit of a tumble this year. Core Lithium, which was a hot stock last year, it's off. A lot of the explorers are off. And uh, Pilbara is uh is off so it's a, it's a company that has excellent management you know we've had plenty of experts talk about it on the show uh but it is down 38 percent. so perhaps one for the bottom drawer yeah it's seen as as you said tied to the the lithium story but there's an interesting wrinkle here because they have developed a few lithium mines and they then sell part of it or they sell it but then they continue to do the processing for those mines so it's Again, and then when it's just processing the ore rather than mining the ore, it's just getting paid to process based on volume rather than being a lithium miner. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, they sold half of one of their mines to Albemarle, who people might be familiar with because of the Lionstown uh, debacle that Gina Reinhardt ruined. Yes, yes. Anyway, completely separate story. Uh, I think we did an episode of that on the dive. Yes. So if you yeah. want to hear all about Gina Reinhardt playing Wrecker, with Australian miners, you can go and listen to yeah. that. Um, but Mineral Resource is just a fascinating company. All right, let's keep moving. So uh, the third stock, Ren, is Macquarie Group, down 24% since January 2022, but a company that often over-delivers when it comes to reporting season, a company that continues to make money. Obviously, there's a bit of a tougher environment at the moment, but it's one of those companies that has proven time and time again to be able to just compound and uh, provide pretty impressive shareholder returns so um, that's one that I own a position in and uh, that's in the bottom drawer for me yeah I mean same and it's so in the bottom drawer for me that I didn't realize it was down 25% yeah most recent half year earnings they missed expectations and their you know the reporting was like their exceptional run has sort of ended and yeah they they had an incredible run in the COVID years and beyond but yeah, that'll like, be back. No, past performance is no indication of future <laughs> performance. But like, it's one that I think a lot of Australians have in a bottom drawer and yeah. can sleep sleep pretty well at night with that in its drawer. Yeah. yeah. And then finally, rents Spotify. Yeah, this, this might be a bit controversial as a bottom drawer stock. Mm. But for me, it is... So it was down 70% in 2022. It's now down about 50% from its highs in February 2021. So if, you, if you've had it in the bottom drawer, it hasn't been a I've got good it in the bottom experience. drawer. So do Mine's I. Mine's more in middle drawer, I think. I don't see it as a bottom drawer stock, but far out. Yeah, I've, but, I'm underwater. Uh, the, we, we publish this chart on our Instagram. Um, we do a chart roundup every now and then. But in the time that its share price has just been absolutely whacked... So 2020, 320 million monthly active users. The year after, 381 million. The year after, 456 million. The most recent quarter, 574 million. Um, so it's getting close to doubling uh, its active users. And then paid subscribers, it's gone 144 mil, 171 mil, 195 mil, 226 mil. The business metrics just keep ticking along as the share price mm. gets smashed mm. and starts mm. to recover and all of that. For me, it's it's just such a powerful franchise. Yeah. No yeah. one's coming for Spotify. No. Like YouTube, Apple Music, all of that, but... They're trying. The Yeah. 
Anyway, so that that one is a little bit more controversial. We had to put one that was maybe <laughs> a bit spicy. a bit less vanilla than Macquarie Group CSL and yes. Minres. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we both own that one as well. That's a good spot to leave it. If you have a bottom draw stock that you think is worth mentioning, join us in the Facebook discussion group. Love to hear from you. Yeah, I think my big takeaway and the reason we wanted to talk about these stocks is that even the the really well-known companies and the really well-known stocks present buying opportunities at Mm. different times. Mm. Like when you're building your portfolio of individual stocks, you don't have to find unknown names and companies that, you know, on the cutting edge of different technologies and stuff like that. CSL and Macquarie Group are two of the most well-known Australian companies. Mineral Resources is well-known in Australian investing circles yeah. and has been a, has made a lot of people a lot of money and Spotify is known globally. Yeah. yeah. But they've all they're all down at least 20%. Yeah. And so for people who are trying to be opportunistic, go for it. Just track the names that you think are great companies because they will present opportunities. 100%. Well, Ren, that's a great spot to leave it. A reminder, if you would like to A, uh, contribute a question or send us a question, it's ask at equitymates.com and B, if you'd like to see Ren's eyebrows shaved, <laughs> help us get that $50,000 towards our Movember uh, fundraising effort here at Equity Mates. The link again will be in the show notes and it's in our bio on our Instagram page. So, Ren, we'll pick it up again on Thursday when we chat with another guest that is appearing at the Sown Hearts and Minds conference, Ashish Swarup on all things emerging markets. Sounds good. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.